It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by GetUpside. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every single day during the weekday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify and very soon here in the future, you'll be able to watch the show on YouTube. So come into a YouTube screen near you and make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council because every single Friday, like tomorrow, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. So to participate, you either can at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. But again, first, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. This time of the year in the NFL, the coaching cycle seems to never stop. You see new news about new head coaches and offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, special team coordinators moving all across the league. And that's no different here in Carolina as Matt Rule entering a must make the playoffs situation or get out of town in 2022 is trying to remake his staff. One that did not have the kind of experience that a lot of fans would have liked to have seen the past two seasons. He has now added a load of NFL experience over the last couple weeks. Hiring Chris Tabor, the special teams coordinator from Chicago, and hiring James Campen, a former offensive line coach for 15 years in Green Bay. He's also hired Ben McAdoo, the former head coach of the New York Giants, and also formerly the offensive coordinator there, and worked with James Campen back in Green Bay for six seasons as the tight end coach and is the main reason James Campen is here today in Charlotte. But we've also seen some coaches exit from the Carolina Panthers. On Tuesday, Matt Rule watched his secondary coach Jason Simmons leave for the Las Vegas Raiders to go link up with Patrick Graham, the new defensive coordinator there for Josh McDaniels and that Raiders organization, which makes sense. His buddy becomes a D.C., He's going to go make a lateral move to Las Vegas under a new head coach and new regime. Wide receiver coach Frisman Jackson also decided that he was going to leave Carolina and go work for offensive coordinator up in Pittsburgh, Matt Canada, who he worked with prior at NC State. So it makes sense that they would go work with their buddies when someone gets a defensive coordinator job. As we've seen here in Carolina with Ben McAdoo, he gets a new offensive coordinator job. He's given the autonomy to bring in certain people to be a part of his coaching staff. And there's also going to be some people, maybe like Frisman Jackson, who, let's be honest, didn't do the greatest job coaching the wide receivers last year as a number three wide receiver never emerged. Robbie Anderson regressed, and DJ Moore was the only reliable wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers last season. It's not that big of a loss as he goes up to Pittsburgh. And with Jason Simmons... 
he sees a situation where maybe it's a better off for him to go to Las Vegas. And Ben McAdoo now has the opportunity to bring in his own wide receiver coach opposed to working with Frisman Jackson. So that's where I probably look at what happened. I had salesman. He's at Keep Pounding 95 on Twitter, one of our more passionate Carolina Panther fans in the Twitterverse. And he was asking me on Tuesday night, He's like, what's your take on rules, guys, jumping ship and making lateral moves to the Steelers and Raiders? And that's really my take. Their friends have jobs as coordinators in those respective organizations, and they feel like they have a better fit there. I think Frisman Jackson is more of Ben McAdoo being like, I don't want him on my staff. And I think Jason Simmons is more, hey, Patrick Graham's my guy. I'm going to work the Las Vegas Raiders. And I know it's been interpreted, and I've said this too in a joking way, but also in a somewhat serious way, sinking ship. That's what you look at here with the Carolina Panthers organization with Matt Rule heading into this critical year three. And you can apply that to the offensive coordinator hire where the report came out that never really made a lot of sense from Jay Glazer that David Tepper wants to see Matt Rule hire a rock star coordinator before he decides that he can return for the 2022 season. Which, why would a rock star coordinator want to sign on here if basically it's contingent upon them being hired where the head coach remains here for the third year coming up in Carolina? So that didn't really make a ton of sense to me. But also, that's going to scare a lot of people off, knowing that Matt Rule has to win this season and they could be out of a job next year. And really, if you're a coach anywhere, you could be out of a job next year. So it's possible that Frisman Jackson left on his own accord, knowing that he likely would not have a job here if Carolina loses next year again and Matt Rule gets fired. And same thing with Jason Simmons. He maybe thinks that it's better to hitch his wagon to Josh McDaniels and to the Las Vegas Raiders and see how that situation works out for him in the years to come. But I also think it's a positive in a way. Looking at it now on Wednesday, where the reports came out midday that Matt Rule was interviewing former Panthers defensive coordinator and former head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, Steve Wilkes, to replace Jason Simmons. And a little bit after that interview was reported, Steve Wilkes was announced as the new defensive pass game coordinator and secondary coach here in Carolina. It seems to me that the Carolina Panthers upgraded. Now, the secondary was awesome last year, and that's not to sit here and say that Jason Simmons did not do a great job, but who's the one who orchestrated these Avenue? Who's the one who had this as one of the best defenses in the league a couple years ago? and then went off to take a head coaching job. You're not seeing any of the coordinators here in Carolina. Joe Brady, who was fired, and Phil Snow, who's probably never going to get an opportunity to be a head coach, and I don't know if he really wants to be one at this point in his career. And Ben McAdoo, likely not going to get another opportunity to be head coach. But Ron Rivera saw two consecutive defensive coordinators in Sean McDermott and in Steve Wilkes leave to go take head coaching jobs. That's not here right now with Matt Rule. At least it wasn't in his previous staff. Now with Steve Wilkes, you add the experience. He's obviously, as you know already, a Charlotte native, went to West Charlotte, played at App State, got his start in coaching back in 95 at Johnson C. Smith, came to Carolina to join the staff back in 2012 as a defensive backs coach, worked his way all the way to assistant head coach during the 2015 and 17 seasons and defensive coordinator in 17 before heading to Arizona where he got a raw deal. They drafted Josh Rosen. Rosen was no good. They decided to move off of Wilkes, and they moved on to Cliff Kingsbury, who was a failure at Texas Tech, even though he had good quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield, who transferred, who he pushed away in favor of Davis Webb, who's a nobody, and, of course, had Patrick Mahomes, who we did not know was that good 
once he got to the NFL, had that redshirt season, and then tore up the league in his second year as a full-time starter for the Kansas City Chiefs. But that's an upgrade. When you look at it, they've upgraded offensive line coach with James Campen, getting rid of Pat Meyer. Campen, who's known for taking these mid-round talents and turning them into pro bowlers, someone who has earned high praise from his former teammate, Brett Favre, who's a Hall of Famer, and then Aaron Rodgers, who seems to be a very prickly figure and doesn't have the greatest relationships with some of those um, in the front office in Green Bay. And we'll see how those play out over the next couple weeks. But he loves James Campen. Now he's here in Carolina, a team that desperately needs to fix the offensive line. You also have Chris Tabor, who continuously puts out top 10 units on special teams. And then you add in this dinosaur, Paul Pascaloni, who's forgotten more about football than we'll ever know. He's been a former head coach in the National Football League. He's coached in college as a head coach. He's been all over the place. He's now going to be your defensive line coach. And I'm sure the Panther fans out there, the nostalgia, you would love to have Brinson Buckner back here in Carolina, who I believe signed on to go work in Jacksonville. Um, I think that was reported on Wednesday, but he's not here in Carolina after spending some time in Arizona. You would have loved to have him here. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. But now, a coaching staff that had very little NFL experience now has a ton of NFL experience. A coaching staff that had no assistants that had formerly been head coaches now has three. And Steve Wilkes, Ben McAdoo, and Paul Pascaloni. If Matt Rule fails in 2022, it's not because of his assistance. He has done a fantastic job hiring a legitimate NFL coaching staff, something he did not do when he first got here from Baylor. And that's why a lot of these college coaches fail, in my opinion, is, well, you got to have a quarterback, which he has not had, but they are too dedicated and committed and loyal to the guys from their previous coaching staff. Phil Snow's been with him forever. Phil Snow is... I think 69 now. He, it's crazy. You got two guys in the defensive coaching staff who are 69 and 72. But Phil Snow knows a ton about football. And he's done a great job coming here to Carolina as a defensive coordinator, especially what they did last season. But Joe Brady didn't have enough experience. Frank Ocam, who he fired, clearly wasn't the right guy for the job. You can look across the coaching staff. They just did not have the kind of experience that you need to have success in this league against, theoretically, the best coaching minds in the profession of football. And now Matt Rule, knowing that he cannot mess this up, has gone out there and hired, I'm not going to call it a rock star staff, but he's hired a ton of guys who have proven success in this league, and that's something that Matt Rule does not have, and that's something that the Carolina Panthers desperately needed. So I'm so happy to have Steve Wilkes back here in Charlotte. Losing that job in Arizona, from, from what I've been told, really put an emotional toll on him over the last couple seasons. He had gone to Cleveland after that. Then he wasn't even coaching football during 2020 in the pandemic season. Then he was last working as the defensive coordinator for Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri, which is insane that Eli Drinkwitz, who was the OC at NC State a couple years ago, then the App State head coach, now goes to Missouri, and his DC is Steve Wilkes, who was a former NFL head coach. Steve Wilkes had no business working in the SEC, especially at Missouri. He's back home here in Carolina, and he's going to hopefully help this team find a way to be better next season. But again, if rule fails, 
It's not on the coaching staff because this coaching staff looks like a damn good one. They have a ton of experience, and now it's time to go figure out free agency in the drafts so that the Carolina Panthers can have that turnaround that we want to see and that Matt Rule is typically does in his third year having that massive leap. Now, the quarterback position, like I mentioned, is something that they have to figure out this offseason. Jason Lockenfora of CBS Sports had a little bit of reported insight coming off of the Senior Bowl, and one of the quarterbacks we talked about this week he feels like has a future here in Carolina. Who is that? We'll talk about that here in just a moment. Hey, Panther fans, this is Julian Council with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up. All that in cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back by using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN when you use GetUpside. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Like I told y'all a couple weeks ago, and what I've been saying is Matt Rule had a few boxes that he needed to check. And the first boxes that he needed to check were going out there and hiring some new staffers. The OC hire with Ben McAdoo, it's not very inspiring at all, but it did lead to Jane's camping. And as I mentioned to y'all before, what really could you have expected out of Matt Rule's OC hire when everyone out there knew that Matt Rule was on the hot seat heading into year three? You could not have expected that a Kevin O'Connell, who's now taken the Minnesota Vikings job, would have wanted to come here to be the OC in Carolina, even if it meant calling plays. You couldn't imagine that anyone like Pep Hamilton, who's from Charlotte, who had opportunities elsewhere and has stayed in Houston, which is interesting. He's staying in Houston with new Houston Texans head coach, Lovey Smith, which what in the world is going on there in Houston? You fired David Cully to hire Lovey Smith, who has had success in this league, but I don't think they fired David Cully with the idea of hiring Lovey Smith a couple weeks afterwards. But either way, guys like Pep Hamilton said, no, thank you. I don't want to go back home and eat mama's home cooking. I want to stay here in Houston and hang out with this organization and this young quarterback in Davis Mills, who he's done a fantastic job with the last year. And then the season before, he did a great job with Justin Herbert as a rookie with the San, well, the Los Angeles Chargers. Really hard to still call them the Los Angeles Chargers after all those years in San Diego. But Matt Rule had to go out there and had to put together a legitimate NFL staff, which I think he's done so far with all those hires. Now, he still has to go out there and find a wide receiver coach. As I mentioned, I think Ben McAdoo will likely play a large role in that, like he did with bringing James Campen over from... Houston, coincidentally, to Carolina after spending six years with him back when they worked together with the Green Bay Packers camping. I've already talked about his resume. Like, I am so excited about that hire. 
Now you got the coaching staff in place. Three former NFL head coaches on the staff, even though none of them, like Pascaloni, two years in New York, didn't go great. McAdoo, two years in New York, didn't go great. Wilkes, one year in Arizona, didn't go great. Also, raw deal, but either way, they got five years of head coaching experience on that staff outside of Matt Rule, which is a positive. And you have wiser, older men like Phil Snow and Paul Pascaloni who are on his coaching staff and the amount of NFL experiences, miles, miles more than what they had last season here in Carolina. So I'm excited about that. But they got to figure out, obviously, the offensive line, which Scott Fitter has said, Matt Rule has said, and all of y'all and everyone who has any sense has said is a major priority for the Carolina Panthers here in about a month's time when they enter free agency, and I'm sure will be a priority once they enter the draft at the end of April. Another priority, and quite possibly the priority, as I mentioned before, it's not going to really matter who's on the staff, who's on the offensive line, who's that receiver at running back, and so the Carolina Panthers can identify themselves a franchise quarterback, and not just a guy who can be a good player for them. They don't need a Ryan Tannehill type. They don't need a Kirk Cousins type. They don't need a Jimmy Garoppolo type who you know you can get to the playoffs with, but you have a ceiling. They don't need an Alex Smith. They need a Mahomes or a Josh Allen, a Lamar Jackson, a Justin Herbert, a Joe Burrow. They need that kind of young quarterback to come in here and turn things around. Could that be Kenny Pickett? There's a lot of talk about Kenny Pickett coming to Carolina. We've been over this, and I honestly forgot this one that Joe Marino brought up to me the other day when we did our Senior Bowl quarterback review, talking about Malik Willis, who Joe Marino thinks should be the quarterback pick here in Carolina if they take one, and Kenny Pickett, along with the other prospects that were down there in Mobile, Alabama last week. But Kenny Pickett, let's go over it again. We're going to go over it a million times until it's probably going to be wasted breath, too. Like, that whole draft process, that's what it is. Wasted breath on prospects who don't even become Panthers. But either way, we're going to do this useless exercise. Um, Kenny Pickett, in case you've forgotten, originally was going to go to Temple to play for Matt Rule. And you see the picture multiple times, but he decided, no, I'm going to go to Pitt. Kenny Pickett also played at Pitt. Who has Pittsburgh relations? The owner, David Tepper. That was the one I didn't really think about. And he played in the ACC title game there at the Panther Stadium. Had the fake slide, diced up Wake. Scott Federer was there. Had a lot of positive things to say about Kenny Pickett. So apparently, if you read the tea leaves and really what the Panthers have said, they like Kenny Pickett. Jason Locken for CBSSports.com. He's their NFL insider. He spoke to top. He spoke to three top evaluators for teams all very much in need of a new starting quarterback, most likely to pursue that end through the draft if possible, and all three said essentially the same thing. Kenny Pickett is the most consistent and most ready quarterback in this draft, and he is quite likely going to be the first selected after a strong week of work at the Senior Bowl. One of the scouts said, or evaluators said, coming off of last week, you have to say that he's the guy. Another one said Pickett was the best of the bunch. I'm not sure it's all that close. He had a good week. There's a lot to like about him. And also another person said, when speaking of the Carolina Panthers and potentially their interest in Kenny Pickett, and this person comes from the NFC, says, I don't think he makes it past Carolina. Their owner, David Tepper, is a huge pit booster. He hasn't invested draft capital in a quarterback yet. He has to know the Steelers like him. Tepper, of course, formerly a minority investor in the Steelers. I think that's a fit. One AFC scout also said, we think he's going to Carolina. That would be where I would mock him, which makes a lot of sense. As that NFC evaluator said, that David Tepper, Pitt Booster, 
Steelers right there, same stadium. Heinz Field where University of Pittsburgh plays. They've had to have seen him play plenty of times. It's funny because a lot of talk last week was how Pittsburgh was in love with Malik Willis and that that was not a very subtle secret, if that makes sense at all, that they were interested in Malik Willis. Like last year, Najee Harris, everyone knew that Pittsburgh liked him and they were going to take him, and that's what happened. Or this year, apparently, Pittsburgh and the hunt for a quarterback, they might be really interested in Malik Willis. And I would imagine that Pittsburgh, the Steelers, would know if they wanted Kenny Pickett or not based off of he played there for five years in the same city. I don't know how much they love him, but I'm sure David Tepper loves him because of the pit ties. And let's not overlook this. And let's not let's not ignore the fact that when David Tepper brought Matt Rule here to Carolina, in his quote, he talked about how Matt Rule dressed like crap like him, used to be a short order cook like him, and how he felt like Matt Rule was someone he could really relate to. Kenny Pickett played at Pitt, Midwestern kid, or if you want to call it Pitt the Midwest or whatever. He's kind of that same upbringing or, you know, the same come from the same area generally. David Tepper probably going to fall in love with this kid. And if they want a quarterback, probably going to meddle and tell them as he's sitting in the draft room like he does and say, that's the quarterback that I want here in Carolina. Is he the best quarterback here for the Carolina Panthers? I don't know. I don't love any of the ones. But when I've been told from by uh, Joe Marino and I've read since Senior Bowl, it seems like Malik Willis has the highest ceiling. Is he the most ready quarterback? Apparently not. Kenny Pickett is. And as I've said to y'all before, if Kenny Pickett is the pick, that's clearly Matt Rule saying that's who he wants. That's obviously David Tepper saying who he wants and would show who has the power when it comes to certain selections here in Carolina. And that would be Matt Rule if Kenny Pickett is the choice. It could still be Scott Fitterer, who's already said, positive things about Kenny Pickett. But I just have a hard time believing that Kenny Pickett, who might be the most ready quarterback, is really going to elevate the Carolina Panthers to the point there where they want to go. Because there's a lot of bad tape, looked really good this past year. But how much better is Kenny Pickett really going to get? And is Kenny Pickett really going to be the long-term answer here in Carolina? I don't know. But the rule and tepper aspect of this cannot be ignored, and he will continue to be mocked to the Carolina Panthers. But it's very interesting to see guys like Joe Marino and Jordan Reed of ESPN.com say Malik Willis is quarterback one after last week. And that's unbiased observers. I guess maybe they're a little bit naive as we're seeing some of these NFL and AFC scouts who know the Panthers basically saying, yeah, Carolina, the owner from Pittsburgh, the coach had this guy commit to him, obviously he's going to Carolina. It might be that simple. I hope not. It's going to be a homecoming for Steve Wilkes. It also will somewhat be a homecoming for a Carolina Panther who's been here for a long time. And will he be able to retain his job once again here in the fall? And the NFL is headed to Germany. Could the Carolina Panthers also be headed to the Deutschland? We'll get into that here in just a moment. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as the Super Bowl takes place on Sunday afternoon at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, the NHL, boxing, UFC, along with the live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online, where the game starts. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One of the more lighthearted moments I recall from over the last couple seasons was seeing this teenager from Myers Park High School. Played football at Myers Park High School. He was a team's long snapper. He was wearing a J.J. Jansen jersey. How many times have you ever gone to a Carolina Panthers game and seen someone wearing the number 44 uniform? Probably not very often. I don't know who that kid from Myers Park was. Shout out to him because I actually loved it. J.J. Jansen, as y'all know, is the longest tenured Panther. He has seen some things here in Carolina. He's seen the highs of highs. He has seen the lowest of lows. He's seen the Carolina Panthers use a six-round pick to try and replace him with Thomas Fletcher. And despite that, J.J. Jansen is not going anywhere. He's coming back. Once again to the Carolina Panthers as they agree to terms on a one-year deal, which means that J.J. Jansen will at least be at training camp in Spartanburg this coming summer. But will he stay here in Carolina for the 2022 season? In a way, I hope he does because at 36 and the fact that they tried to get rid of him and I thought that he was gone... I would love to see him beat out Thomas Fletcher again. I would also kind of hate to see that. Thomas Fletcher, if y'all remember, didn't think he was going to get drafted. But Matt Rule, who obviously a Thomas Fletcher pick, Matt a Matt Rule pick, Thomas Fletcher was, Matt Rule decided that, hey, you know what? Let's draft this guy in the sixth round. Fletcher picks up the phone thinking, hey, you know what? I'm not really sure. If I'm going to come play for you guys, I'm still talking to other teams about being an uh, undrafted free agent. And Matt Rule's like, no, 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 actually, buddy, <laughs> I know you think this is crazy, but we want to draft you. You, yeah, a long snapper, long snapper of the year at Alabama. That Alabama team was so good in 2020 that the long snapper got drafted. But yeah, I want to draft you. I know it's wild. Why the hell would I use a six-round pick on a long snapper? But what the hell? Scott Fitter has got his 11 picks. Let's get this done. Come on, Thomas. Come on down to Charlotte. And Thomas Fletcher, Fletcher flipped out. He was jacked up. And honestly, I'd love to have a drink with that guy. He seems like someone who would hang out at Selwyn uh, Pub, which, I mean, I'm someone who would hang out at Selwyn Pub, too. So I can't sit here and, um, and judge. But Thomas Fletcher should win the job this year. And he must win the job this year. The only reason he's even at Carolina Panthers still, he might have been able to come back is because he got injured. Lost out to J.J. Jansen last year. Apparently had some sort of hip issue, and that allowed the Panthers. And that saved Matt Rule and their asses to put him on season-ending IR because he was not going to make the team, and that would have been a real bad situation. There's still Panther fans out there who are like, why would you waste a six-round pick 
on him. You could have got Trey Smith or whatever, who's with the Chiefs, even though those people don't know what Trey Smith's issues were medically and why he dropped back in the sixth round. But either way, people were annoyed. You got a long snapper. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Why the hell would you do that? They're going to really nitpick your picks, man. Nitpick your picks. <laughs> well, especially when you only win 10 games in your first two seasons. But the best thing for the Carolina Panthers and to kind of save face for Matt Rule to not look as stupid as a lot of people think he is, is for Thomas Fletcher to beat out J.J. Jansen. As much as I love J.J. Jansen, which I don't really know if I love J.J. Jansen. I just love the idea of J.J. Jansen being here. And, like, he's 36 and he's still, like, keeping his job. And there's kids in Myers Park wearing his jersey. Like, what? He does not need to be here in Carolina after August. It needs to be Thomas Fletcher. Thomas Fletcher needs to win this job. If he doesn't, then boy, oh boy, what a mistake that was. Now, it would be unfortunate for J.J. Jansen not to make the roster because J.J. has gotten to play all over the NFL. He's probably played in every single NFL season. He's been a Carolina Panthers long snapper for the past 13 seasons. I would love for him to get the opportunity to play in Germany, potentially next year. Why do I say next year? Because NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, during his State of the League address ahead of the Super Bowl in L.A. on Wednesday announced that the NFL will be playing a game in Munich in 2022 and that there will be four total games in Germany over the next four seasons, two in Munich, two in Frankfurt. In addition, there will be a game held in Mexico next season. So I guess J.J. hasn't played in Mexico yet, but well, we'll focus on Germany. Why the Carolina Panthers playing in Germany? Remember, back in December, the Carolina Panthers were granted international home marketing area rights. In Germany, this grants the Carolina Panthers access to Germany for marketing, fan engagement, and commercialization as part of the NFL's long-term strategic effort to build global brands and drive NFL fan growth internationally. Even though people overseas, yes, they sell out the games there in London, but come on, people don't care about the NFL outside of America, really. But still, I get the league trying to get that bottom line, make as much money as possible, and maybe the Germans are interested. It's cool. And it's awesome for fans here in America to go to London. I had talked to people who went to London for the, the London game. I'm so jealous of them that they got to go to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and see the Panthers whoop up on Jameis Winston and the Bucks that afternoon. Or I guess, I don't know, maybe it was, it was morning here, but afternoon, I guess, over there. But still, really cool. And it'd be an awesome opportunity for the Panthers to play in Munich next year. There's three other teams who also have the IHMA rights to Germany, International Home Marketing Area rights in Germany to try and build their brands internationally. It's the Kansas City Chiefs, New England Patriots, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Could the Panthers play the Bucks next year in Munich? If Tom Brady was still here, probably it would be happening. And it could happen. It's not like a lot of teams love playing the London game. I have to imagine that you would love to have an opportunity to go to the Frankfurt or to go to Munich, to go to Germany. That seems really cool. And could J.J. Jansen get that opportunity? I don't know. Probably shouldn't because Thomas Fletcher needs to win that job. I would guess that if not next season, in 2023, the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be playing each other in Germany. Kansas City, they don't play the AFC West until I think about 2024, the way the rotation. Well, hold on. Yeah, 2024, the way the rotations go. They just played the AFC East this past season, so they wouldn't play New England again until about 2025 or 2026, whenever it is. So I don't know how the, the now that the 17th game, I don't know how that works out, how you end up playing those certain teams. So very in all likelihood, the Carolina Panthers are going to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Germany either next season or the year after. 
So they're either going to play next year in Munich or the next or the following season in Frankfurt. I hope it's next year in Munich because that would be awesome to go. Imagine locked on Panthers, headed out to Germany, hanging out there. I like I was super jealous when I was working at FNZ at the time. Uh, Kyle Bailey, who hosts Afternoons, I was producing for him back then, and he got to go to London. And it was weird, like we're doing the afternoon show from two to six here in Charlotte, and over there he's at the Panthers bar doing it from seven to eleven, which would have honestly killed me to sit there and watch all these Panther fans just drinking their asses off and having a great time in London while I'm sitting here on the radio talking about the team. Like I could not do that. Like I would have to, I'd have to take take days off and just so I could enjoy being in Germany. Even though I, as I talked to Kyle, it's an awesome experience and great experience for all the Carolina Panther fans and one of the benefits of the Panthers wanting to uh, market themselves in Germany. And now we understand why they did that. So it'd be really cool. And again, if you remember NFL Europe, they had a team back in Frankfurt, which your guy, Jake DeLome, used to play for. Or actually, was it Ryan? Yeah, actually, it was Ryan. But whatever. You get you get the point. Panthers potentially going to Germany and J.J. Jansen back for one more year, but does not want, need to win the job. All right, that's going to wrap it up here for this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Make sure, again, to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, five stars only, and be sure to follow the show on Spotify. And in the near future, and I mean the very near future, you can check out the show, Locked On Panthers, my beautiful La Face, on YouTube. So come into a computer screen or smartphone screen or iPad screen near you, or I guess, sorry, um, what, are the, what is Microsoft's brand? Is it a, a Chromebook? Is that what they have? I don't know. Or Surface, Microsoft Surface. Those commercials always come on during NFL season, so I guess I should know better, and they should do a better job at marketing. Either way, check it out on YouTube soon, and follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, because every Friday, like tomorrow, which is Friday, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show, so you can either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. But first, like, guys, come on. Click the follow button. Do it. What are you waiting for? You're on Twitter. You listen to the show. Click the follow button. If I don't see more followers tomorrow, I'm canceling the pod. That is a threat. Until then, take care, stay safe, and I'll talk to you all on Friday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.